Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the second day of August. Thank you for joining us here on the DDP. I want to remind you again, Greater Than Jonah, it's at Audible. I'll remind you for a few days here. If you like audiobooks, go check it out. It's the first book we've ever put out on Audible. We've, we did an audio version of Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul, and it's behind our paywall. For all of our additional content subscribers, that price is still $50, by the way, if you want all the additional content. We just posted all of chapters 10 and 11 in our author walkthrough from our book Between the Pieces, so we keep adding stuff to that section. If you want more, go to additional content on our website. $50 gets you a password. You get everything that's back there, no matter how much we add. That price will probably go up right around the first of the year because the content is becoming much, much more, much greater. A lot of it. And so um, pay once. You don't you don't pay again if it goes up. I'm just, I'm just reminding you that that's probably eventually going to happen. We are in Mark chapter 14. We are in verse 13. The disciples just asked Jesus, where do you want us to go prepare that you may eat the Passover? Verse 13, he sent out two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where's the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There, make ready for us. I was in the old city of Jerusalem in the spring of this year. I went into the room that is commonly considered the room of the Passover, the upper room Passover. It is probably not the Passover room. You you hear this a lot when you're touring the old city of Jerusalem. This is probably where this happened, but it's probably it's possibly not where this happened. Um, whether or not it was, it was a fascinating old building that was from near the time of Christ. I think this particular room is actually like 4th century, which is how we're pretty sure it wasn't the, the upper room. But it was interesting to be in the area that we're pretty sure that the upper room happened. It's just, uh, just imagine, you've seen pictures probably of Jerusalem. Many of you have been there. You know, just imagine the, the tight streets and the stone buildings and in one of those buildings in a in a upstairs room, Jesus sets down with his disciples to eat the Passover. It seems as if he knows a man in the near in the city that he's planned this out with. You're gonna meet a man carrying a pitcher of water, follow him. Uh, wherever he goes, say to the master, the teacher says, where's the guest room? I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He, he obviously knows this man, and they know who he means by the master. And so sometimes it's easy to forget because we only really have what we have. We have the stories of Jesus in the Gospels. We don't have the, what happens you know, when we're not watching. So it's easy to forget that Jesus has, over the past three years, garnered an enormous amount of public support. People literally support him financially. They support his ministry. We have no reason to believe that Jesus has become a wealthy man. It, it actually seems like it would be the opposite um, to, to assume that Jesus would give away whatever he's not using because that's the way he preaches. 
the way he teaches. But we can also see that Jesus is the very definition of full-time ministry in that he's basically going house to house, not simply taking, but depositing. Depositing healing, wholeness, peace, goodness, blessing, grace. He's compensated for it and often taken care of with meals, with, with gatherings. Uh, of course, their economy is different than ours. I'm not trying to compare apples to apples. But Jesus gives us the template for what full-time ministry can look like when you are supported by the very people whom you bless, whom you feed. So Jesus is able to steal away and pray, spend time in prayer, talking to his Father, so that when he reaches into the well, this is the way I always say it, when you reach into the well, you've got nice cold water to deliver. So when I spend my days praying, reading, writing, and then there's things we do, podcasts, videos, records of sermons, go on the road. If I don't do the prep work, then there's nothing in the well. So you get up, eventually you'll start preaching the same message, you'll start saying the same things. There won't be anything fresh. You won't reach down and find the cool water because you didn't do the work. You didn't dig the well. I think that because I'm supported by my listeners, this is not a sponsor-based program. Our listeners support our videos, they support our podcast. Because they do that to the extent that I get to give this my life to this, then I owe it to future Paul and to all who will be blessed by him, hopefully, by what he has to say. I owe it to them to dig the well, to keep digging. Jesus treats ministry that way. And so he, he pays attention to what he should pay attention to. It causes him to have people in each town. So go follow this guy. He's going to lead you in. Where's the guest room? They're going to show you a large upper room. This is not Jesus just making it happen out of nowhere. This guy just forcibly going to give me a room. This is the legwork that went in. So his disciples go in. They come into the city. They found it just as he said to them, and they prepared the Passover. And so this prep work is groundwork that's been laid by ministry. And so, so many of you treat us that way. You bless us, you take us in, you give. And it allows us to do what we do and to dig deeper. Now, I'll say this in conclusion. I don't think that someone in my position should expect someone in your position. You're going to your job and you're doing your job and you're paying your bills and you're raising your family and you're, you're living for the Lord. You're, you're a shining light in your own corner of the world. I should not expect that you have the time to study, to devote yourself to these things like I would. And so that we in ministry need to remember that. We're talking to a people whom we are much of their source of feeding. And they don't have the time and the capacity in their lives to put into it what we do. And we need to remember that and honor that by giving them something worth listening to. I hope we are doing exactly that. We sit down with Jesus at Passover tomorrow. See you then. God bless.